Hello everyone, it's me, your boy Dean. I'm here to give you this piping hot tea. Hope everyone's having a good day today. I just want to jump on here and just do some quick little podcast episodes for you all. So, let's begin. Now, if you've been paying attention, you should know... Sorry, that's my that's my um, dryer going in the background. So, if you've been paying attention to this podcast, then you should know a topic I've been discussing a lot on this channel is this... This... Um, this this obsession with representation in TV shows and movies, the controversies over whitewashing versus blackwashing, when it came to Anne Boleyn, when it came to The Little Mermaid, when it came to even Cleopatra. And that's what I want to discuss right now. You know, how far should inclusion go, especially when doing, dealing with historical dramas, and also how... how what what should representation look like especially for non-white well no i'm not even gonna say just for non-white people for white people and non-white people so let's begin so um the last the last episode i made about this discussion i was discussing um netflix's um cleopatra show that jada pinkett smith will smith's wife um was producing now, I did watch it because it came out on Wednesday, and I did watch the first episode. It's four episodes. I watched the first episode, and, you know, I didn't even make it through the first episode. The historical facts aside, the acting in that thing was just so bad. You, you know, I was really shocked watching it because it was so weird looking, and it was just bad. Okay, the makeup was bad. The clothes, some of the clothes look like they went from, they came from Old Navy. And as someone who's read up on the Egyptians since I was about 10, you know, most of the ancient Egyptians walked around damn near naked. Okay, you know, they were, I guess you would call them a sex positive society. Because if you look at the the, um, Egyptian hieroglyphics, granted the Egyptian government kind of senses them now. you, You know, it's a lot of nudity and sex going on. So, you know, you had people walking around with these heavy cloth robes and all this other stuff. And them people ain't wear that. They did. And those people didn't walk around wearing that. Even the hairstyles. You know, I saw saw people with Bantu knots and and Singalese twists and and, and, um, box braids. You know, if you, again, if you look at the hairstyles of the Egyptians, most of them shaved their head, had side ponytails, or had or had wigs made out of horse hair that hung straight. Or if there was braids, it was a single braid, but it wasn't no box braids. You know, again, when I was watching this, you know, in the back of my mind, I hated to think this. You know, I saw why that Egyptian lawyer. Sue is suing them or attempting to sue them for, you know, promoting an Afrocentric agenda. Because, you know, it, it, it looks weird because you put 21st century black stuff in something that's supposed to have taken place before Christ in BC. So that's what really got me at first. Then as the rest of the things started going, you, you know, what really made me turn it off was this is being presented as a documentary, a docu-series. So you have people acting scenes out and, you know, archaeologists, scholars are discussing it. 
And you know, there's things in there that are just historically inaccurate. Okay, I read up on Cleopatra. A lot of the stuff they put in this was historically inaccurate. You know, the the straw that broke the camel's back for me was, you know, her dealings with Julius Caesar. They try to portray it as this love story of, you know, Julius Caesar, you know, uh, contemplating leaving Rome for Egypt. And that never happened. Okay, Julius Caesar and Cleopatra didn't have no love story. She gave up some ass so Julius Caesar would back off. That, that was the deal. Because Egypt was in decline when she went on the throne. So, you know, to try to portray it as a love story, you know, just goes to show you that, you know, Jada, Jada and the director didn't do their due diligence. So, again, I see why that Egyptian lord is suing them. And to be honest with you, after watching it, he might win. Okay, the amount of outrage that movie has gotten is has really kind of shocked me. Not the outrage itself. But how, but how long it has lasted. Okay, this outrage has lasted damn near a whole month since middle of April. And you know, I think the outrage will continue because I'm seeing a lot of Egyptians, you know, who watched it are pissed off. It's gone so bad that the actual government of Egypt has said they're going to make their own Cleopatra film and they're going to cast a light-skinned Egyptian woman even though even though Cleopatra is Greek. You know, and that's what made me want to do this episode because how far should inclusion go and where is the line drawn between inclusion and, you know, representation and actual factual history? Now, let me drink this water. Okay. Now, when you compare something like this to, you know, Bridgerton on Netflix, you know, there's there's some key differences between this and Bridgerton. You know, the biggest difference is when Bridgerton first airs, the first episode, in the title, before the credits even roll, it clearly says this is a fictional story. This is not based on facts. It literally says that. And Shonda Rhimes, and you know, some people don't care for Shonda Rhimes' um, TV show. She's the woman that created Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder, etc. You know, I, I watched all her stuff. Um, but Shonda Rhimes is not a dummy. Okay, Shonda Rhimes been doing this for a long time. She knows what to put in there so she don't get sued. And that's what Jada Pinkett should have did. Jada Pinkett, you know, I'm not sure if Jada Pinkett has executive produced any other TV shows or, you know, movies or anything. But if this is Jada Pinkett's first time doing this, she should have really asked Shonda or anyone else because, you know, you should protect yourself, especially in the times we are in. And when I say the times we are in, I'm saying, you know, that backlash to woke, the backlash to LGBT, the backlash to anything black, anything women is here. And, you know, all these anti-diversity laws being passed, 
that has started to carry over into pop culture. And if this Egyptian lawyer is successful with this lawsuit, that will open the door from anybody because Netflix is an international community. There are TV shows from all around on this platform that you can watch if you want to. And you know, if, if I, as an American black person, decides to make a movie about someone who is from a different culture, that, you know, if the Egyptian lawyer um, wins this lawsuit, that could open me up to all sorts of lawsuits myself. Or, you know, they would have to say, I would have to get permission from a foreign government to make a movie, even if the movie is shot in America. So that's why if you are listening to this right now, you want to create fictionalized things, but based off historical people or historical periods, please, for the love of God, read up on the laws and protect yourself. Because, you know, the people being sued now, they ain't going for no, you know, $50,000. Hell, now they're going for $50 million and want to get you banned and, and taken off. You, you know, and you know... What I also want to say about, you know, this inclusion thing is, in my personal opinion, and I've said this before, there is this push to cast dark-skinned people, especially dark-skinned black women, as, you know, these as people who are in, in real life either white or racially ambiguous like Cleopatra who died awful deaths. I said this with that Amber Lynn um, video I made, and I'm saying this with Cleopatra. Okay, Cleopatra lived a very scandalous lifestyle. And in the end, she lost the kingdom and committed suicide. You know, Amber Lynn, you know, was a side chick who became queen lost at the game she, she played the game and lost badly and got beheaded now you know I'm seeing the lady from Bridgerton I'm gonna get on her later is supposed to be playing King Richard III in a Shakespearean play and you know that play for the most part is completely fictionalized even though Richard III was a real person but Richard III you, you know gets gets um, stabbed to death that's how he died he gets killed in battle. So, you know, this push to put, you know, black people, especially dark-skinned black women and, and, you know, predominantly white things, it, it's, it's just becoming very weird to me, especially how the black character usually dies when it's a historical drama. Now, the thing with Bridgerton, that's a little different because that's based off romance novels, even though it's set during a historical period. And most of that stuff is just, it is mostly just sex and, and, you know, soap opera things. But even when you watch a show like Bridgerton, even though I know it's completely false, you know, it's, it's just very, how can I put this? I know it's fictional, but because I know about that time period set during a Regency era, because I know I read up on that time period. When I see all these black faces and, you know, these black dupes and people just, you know, getting along so well, and even, you know, biracial children are just accepted so freely in England during the 1800s, you know, it kind of makes me roll my eyes because 
I do think if it's a historical drama, there should be some element of truth to it. Even if it's just a fun little soap opera show full of drama and sex, there should be some historical truth to it if you said it during a particular period. And you know, that's my biggest beef with Bridgerton, that and the fact that them damn wigs kind of look ugly on them actresses, especially the black actresses, because you know, they're trying to make black hair up in this European style and black hair doesn't do that. Again, I said this with the Ambo Lynn, even with the Little Mermaid, there's controversy of how her locks look in the water. And it's because they're trying to shoot it like the cartoon. And the cartoon Ariel is a white, is a white girl with white mermaid, half girl, half fish, with flowing red hair. Okay, black hair, if you know, if you if you listening to this and you're black or you got a black family member or a black friend, you know, when black hair gets wet, it ain't gonna flow. You know, like like a white person's hair would. It'll absorb the water. And that's another thing when it comes to representation and inclusivity. Okay, if you're going to put black people or even non-white people and stuff, just be up to to date on the cultural differences between both groups. Please do. Because some stuff that works for white people ain't going to work for black people and vice versa. And this might be a controversial thing to say, but... Everything does not have to include black people, just like everything does not have to include white people. Everything does not have to include LGBT people. Everything does not have to include straight people. Everything does not have to include Christians and everything does not have to include women. Some stuff, some stuff should should just exist for what it is. Around 2016, when all this political correctness was going up, people were losing their minds over friends being all white, even though that show by that time was a decade old, or Sex in the City, you know, being all white, even though that show was two decades old. And you know what, as someone who's watched both of them shows, you know, it didn't bother me that no black person was in it for the most part, except for as a secondary character. Because, you know, it's a white show created by white people based off of white, white humor and white and white culture. Just like, you know, Living Single, which is a black, which is they call it the Black Friends. But I'm not going to discredit that show like that. It's called Living Single. It has its own name. Okay, you know, you'll see a white person every now and again. But, you know, I don't think white people should have just been the main characters on that show because it's created by a black person based off of black culture. Okay, I understand. I understand everybody wants to be inclusive and, you know, have all everything just be mixed up. But some stuff I think should just say just just I'm not going to say separate or segregate, but some things need their own spaces. I'm just keeping it real. And you know, over the over these past two years, I'm I'm seeing a lot of people have become tired of all this woke stuff. And you know, now the word woke is starting to annoy me because I feel like people call anything woke. But over over the years, so many things have just really pissed people off, particularly white men. 
And trust me, ain't nothing more dangerous than a pissed off white man. <laughs> and I understand some white people might be listening, but I'm just, I just gotta keep it real. You know, if you go on YouTube and type in the word black fishing or woke, you will see nothing but what but pissed off white men between the ages of 19 and 35 going on and on about how Hollywood is pushing an anti-white agenda. Literally in 2023, I've heard anti-racist, anti-white be used more than anti-black. You know, there's this belief that there's a, a concerted effort to, you know, kill all white people. And some people believe that. And, you know, granted, you know, this should this should have nothing to do with, you know, a movie being made or a TV show being made. But honestly, it does. Because in this new age with social media, all these things are being tied together. You know, if you don't believe me, just go look at the Little Mermaid trailer. Downvoted to oblivion. Okay, there was a concerted effort by certain pissed off people, predominantly white, who wanted to, you know, mass dislike that trailer. Usually you watch a trailer, you know, if I watch a trailer, I don't even bother to like it or dislike it. But you know, these people, there was a massive campaign to downvote that trailer. There was a massive campaign to downvote this Queen Cleopatra. There was even a massive campaign to downvote Bridgerton, but Bridgerton is so popular that that kind of failed. But now it might get successful. Because for those of all who don't know, well, you know what? I'm going to make a separate video on her. You know, I'm going to make a separate video on her when I'm done with this. So, yeah, you know, that's just my opinion on inclusion and, and you know, diversity and his history. And I'm going to end with this. Throughout, when I did my 23andMe results, I didn't know, I knew I was going to find, I knew I was going to have African in my DNA because I'm black. But, you know... I, you know, I foolishly thought all of Africa would show up on my DNA, but it doesn't. Because, you know, a big a big part of this debate with this Queen Cleopatra is a lot of black people are going around saying the ancient Egyptians were all black. And that's a false statement. The ancient Egyptians came in multiple skin tones. And, you know, if you look, if you actually look at their hieroglyphics, you know, there were white people in Egypt. There were black people. They were Middle Eastern. You know, their concept of race was different, just like the concept in ancient Roman, ancient Greek of race is different as well. But, you know, when I did that 23andMe result, Egypt is not one of the countries I'm from. Okay, that whole Northern African percentage, I'm only 3% of that. And all of that came from Algeria, not Egypt. Most of my DNA comes from West Africa. The highest being Nigeria and then Benin, which makes sense because of the slave trade. And then, and then Ghana. And then it slowly, then it slowly trickles down to South Africa. So that's where most of my DNA comes from. But you know, 
you know, because historical fiction is popular right now, for some reason, no one wants to touch those ancient kingdoms. And honestly, a part of me believes it because when people do digging into them ancient kingdoms, they see everything ain't as black and white as you as you think. When that Woman King movie came out last year, and you know, there was so much controversy, a lot of people from actual Africa dec- um, decried that movie because the tribe, the Tahomi Kingdom, that was being portrayed as heroes were nothing but slave traders. And you know, again, that, that movie is very historically inaccurate. But when a lot of African-Americans were going through the history of that kingdom, they were shocked that those women were slave traders. And I think the reason no one wants to touch West Africa is when you do a lot of digging, you you start to be confronted with uncomfortable truths. But you know what? Maybe that's maybe we do need to be um, confronted with uncomfortable truths because it's 2023. And here we are arguing over casting like it's 1965. Now, on that note, I'm your boy, Dean. I hope you enjoyed this piping hot tea and everyone have a blessed day.